again, everyone. Welcome back to episode two of Purple Noon. I'm Stephanie Conti, and I'm here with my waifu, Savannah Lanalte. <laughs> Bonjour, everyone. <laughs> we Bonjour. gotta get the theme. Bonjour, she says as she eats croutons with <laughs> Caesar dressing. It's my daily snack. <laughs> so... I can't get over that. Seriously? <laughs> croutons? Croutons are expensive, dude. No, no. If you, it's from Publix. It's like $1.50. And then like oh, they, okay. sell, they sell like little uh, Caesar packets for like 69 cents. So, Oh, my God. Are you going to – like next time we go to a movie theater, is that what you're going to be smuggling in? Of course. I kind of – you know, it, it kind of just ran into me one day. I didn't have a lot of snacks. <laughs> and then at the movie, they had little <laughs> – they had little things of Caesar dressing. So I'm like, you know what? Let me try it. And I went, what was I? I was going to see Onward, Disney. And that's kind of how I uh, got into my snack. So <laughs> like, it's just that one song from Ratatouille playing as you're mixing like, Lesh <laughs> playing as that's how I feel while eating little... it. That's how I feel. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. So quick announcement before we get into our review. So we figured out an upload schedule. So what works best for not only us, but I think everyone, even despite what's going on in the world right now, everyone's free on the weekends. Like that still doesn't change. So our upload schedule is going to be Fridays and Sundays at noon. So that is what we plan. It'll be both released on my website, audemicmedia.com and on YouTube. So just a little update. So even though this will probably, I don't know when this is going to be put, maybe it'll be on Sunday, maybe Sunday is when I'll start it. But if not, the new schedule will start next week. So just keep in mind, Fridays and Sundays at noon is when the new uh, audio goes up. Now, for today, we have a little little movie comparison. We're doing a little double whammy today. And that is we're going to be comparing the talented Mr. Ripley to... Purple Noon. So for those of you who didn't know, both uh, movies are written by a author named Patricia Highsmith, and they're both based off the book, The Talented Mr. Ripley. Despite that, we are not going to go over how true either story remains to the original book and series. Um, I will say like little things here and there relating to Patricia Highsmith, but overall, this is just going to be a comparison to Purple Noon and Talented Mr. Ripley as movies, as well as giving our own individual review without the comparison as well. So we're not going to be discussing the book and how much it matches to either movie. That's not what we're here for. We're here to compare movies, which one is worth it, if they're both good, if they're both bad, whatever it may be. We're the judges in that. So I'm going to tell you first about Purple Noon. So Purple Noon was the first one of the adaptation of the book to come out. And it came out in 1960, directed by Rene Clement. Uh, stars include Elaine Delon as Tom Ripley, Maurice Rone as, oh, wait, hold on, because they changed the names. No, he's uh, Philip. Philip. Yeah. He's Philip in the movie, because in the other movie, he has a different name. Uh, yeah. Maurice as Philip and Marge as Marie, or Marie Lafour as Marge. Um, and yeah, so that is, so that's Purple Noon, and I also have, so that is available on the Criterion channel, once again, not a sponsor, but would love to be, Criterion peeps, hit me up, um, (laughs) Purple Noon is a part of the Criterion, and as I mentioned in the last episode, it's how we both started getting into Criterions, it was my first film that I ever picked up in the Criterion collection, and it was the first Criterion I ever showed Savannah, 
So on the Criterion, for anyone who is curious, if you want to know if it like what the DVD comes with, because they're all of their DVDs come with like five hours of like bonus features, essays and stuff like that. So what this one comes with is, you know, Blu-ray special edition. The one I have is Blu-ray. It's a um, new res- uh, restoration. Monon, uh, mon, monoral? Yeah, monoral soundtrack. <laughs> Mo- yeah, not mon. Yeah, mo- I'm fr- forget it. It's all right. It's um, all right. There's interviews with uh, uh, the director Renee Clement, uh, a bunch of archive interviews with Elaine Delon, and even Patricia Highsmith. So, for those who don't know, Patricia Highsmith actually got to see Purple Noon, but she died before the talented Mr. Ripley came out. So. I'll talk about when we start doing the review. I'll, I'll give a little taste of what she thinks, Patricia Highsmith thinks of Purple Noon as an adaptation for it. Um, but yeah, I heard a little bit with, of her opinion. Yeah, it's a little, we'll, we'll get into that because it's a little, I was a little surprised when I read her opinion on it. I wasn't expecting her to think that. But um, anyways, the DVD comes with also a booklet with like a ton of essays and stuff like that. So that is what the DVD comes with. Now, Savannah, why don't you break down the Talented Mr. Ripley for us. All right, guys. So The Talented Mr. Ripley came out in 1999. So it's maybe 40 years after the original came out. Um, Mm -hmm. It stars Matt Damon, Gwyneth Paltrow, Jude Law, and Kate Blanchett. Matt Damon is the lead. um, So he is uh, sort of opposite to Elaine Delon. And it's directed by Anthony Mangella. Um, And this one, I I did some research a little bit before I rewatched it for the second time. And they, it, it was interesting to me because what the director wanted to do was sort of highlight what uh, Patricia Highsmith said about Purple Noon and sort of take her criticism and put that into the sequel. So that I, was, I thought that was like an interesting take instead of doing, because I don't think sequel should be a carbon copy or remakes or anything of mm-hmm. the first one, because I feel like a lot of people do that and it's sort of like uh, Disney The Lion King. They just took it and put what, like, fancy animals? Nobody liked that. So <laughs> yeah. I, I think that... Better than cats. I, oh, please. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I I respect a lot what this the remake, if you will, did. Um, and I think we'll get into that. Okay, so yeah. let's let's first. Uh, I think this can be handled best if we first talk about each movie individually as their own without the comparison. Yeah. So I saw a talented Mr. Ripley for the first time yesterday. I had seen bits and pieces of it and I knew about it, of course, but I really didn't get to see where the differences was and how this movie stood alone on its own. And watching it, I enjoyed it. I definitely did enjoy it. the The editing style I thought was really nice, and there's a really nice. Uh, jazz element into it and by the way like at some point i will announce like right now we're just talking about little facts about the movies um i'll i'll let you guys know if there's a spoiler coming up and if you want to well, i like, mean skip i, I think we're gonna have to get into spoilers once we start comparing them because there is yeah very big differences between the movies Absolutely. So for right now, this this little portion is going to be spoiler free as well as our overall review of Purple Noon. So if you do either want to see one of these films before that you haven't seen, uh, your your ears are safe now. But later on, I will let you guys know when spoilers are coming out. Yeah, we'll do um, a little we'll do a little warning. Um, so Stephanie, I do. I think we should kind of. What do you think of Purple Noon on its own? I think we should kind of start like that. 
Purple Noon on its own, I think, is a fantastic film. I like and it had to be for me it like I I really do think it's a fantastic film because it was the film that made me dive deeper into the criterion like I was like whoa this film was exceptionally well I want to see what else criterion has so it was good enough for me to explore what other titles that the criterion had I really did enjoy it I picked it up on a whim in Barnes and Noble several years ago and even when I rewatched it today, it's it's still held up for me. That's how good of a movie I think it is. It's still held up in every aspect that I thought it was good. What did you yeah, think? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I do feel like it's one of those like exceptional movies. And, you know, people may say it's slow and it's boring, but I always found it like almost suspenseful. And I think yeah. that's where the movie sort of draws you in. And obviously, Elaine DeLon, he did yes. a superb job at Tom Ripley, being Tom Ripley. And I think we'll get more into that, but Purple Noon is probably one of, and I said uh, my last episode, it's one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. It, it really is overall a great film. I think it hits, whether it's acting, directing, storytelling, pacing, I think it just hits oh, everything right on the mark. Oh, the cinematography is beautiful. The cinematography oh is fantastic. So both stories take place in parts of Italy, and even both films are beautiful, but I got to say, Purple Noon, that's where... Ooh, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. I'm getting ahead of myself. Oh, we should also highlight that Purple Noon is in French. I don't think we said that. Yeah, Did no, we? okay. No, I we have not. So um, Purple Noon is French and Italian, so it has parts where they speak in Italian, but Talented Mr. Ripley is an American film, so it's American with a little bit of Italian here and there. So right. English and a little bit of Italian. Um, I think one thing I do want to point oh. out, Oh, no, you sorry, go. Sorry, you no, go. I, I just wanted <laughs> yeah. to say, I think it's important that we highlight it's a foreign film because I know people, like, hopefully we can open you guys up to that, but I know people who, like, like my husband doesn't really care for foreign films or it won't be their first pick, per se. Subtitles is something it does take a little bit to get used to. Not everyone adapts to it super quickly. But honestly, for me, like, I would I haven't seen every foreign film, obviously. I've seen a good, decent amount in my life so far and once you i'd say reach after like the fifth or you know fifth or seventh foreign film that you watch it automatically just like when watching it and reading the subtitles it's not as hard to follow along anymore like it's very natural like even like i noticed that while watching purple noon i'm like wow like my like i was able to just read the subtitles and still view it and like it felt as if for me there's no difference from watching a an english film yeah, definitely. So if you're scared of that, don't be afraid. It takes a little bit at first, but, you know, we live in a streaming age, so you can always pause and you can always rewind and stuff like that. So don't don't ever be afraid to dive into foreign films because they really, really are fantastic. Yeah, for sure. It um, opens you up to a whole new world of film. One thing that annoyed the hell out of me, that bugged me, I was I was looking at the actor Maurice Rone. In oh my god, I have an opinion Moon. about him. Hold on, opinion. hold on. <laughs> Tell me this dude doesn't look like Martin Sheen. Yes, but the he most- looks exactly like Martin Sheen. <laughs> and it bugged me the entire time. Stephanie, you know that's the problem, right? Because they're supposed to be like 25. Why does he look 37? Why does he look like their dad in the film? <laughs> that's, that's the true. one thing, my one critique of Purple Noon. They're supposed to be like out of college, right out of college. And this guy yeah. looks like their father. But and I just I was I looking love, at him and I'm like, yeah, crap. he looks like Martin Sheen. Like it was the just French one of those Martin Sheen. Get over. <laughs> yes, I could not get over it. But um, okay, so what do you want to dive into first? Do you want to? I think okay, let's talk about 
talented Mr. Ripley. How we thought of it as a movie on its own. What's your opinion? I think it's a decent movie on its own, but when you compare it to The Purple Noon, it is a different take on the story. And I feel mm-hmm. like people that have seen Purple Noon are either going to feel eh about it or going to love it, going to love the different sort of take on it. Um, yeah. I personally there are... Yeah, go ahead. I was going to just real quickly say, no, you're good. You're good. Uh, So even though we're still getting used to this, guys. Sorry, we're like cutting each other off every five minutes. It's fine. But what I wanted to say was, even though both movies are very different in their own way, they still have the same plot synopsis. And the plot is that Tom Ripley is a talented mimic, moocher, forger, and all-around criminal improviser. But there's more to him than he can even guess himself. That is the plot for both. It's just both of them deviate in their own ways. So... When you're watching the both, do not expect a drastic, like I wouldn't expect, it, it still feels like a, like the same movie, just adaptations of each other, which they are. So yeah. I think with um, the talented Mr. Ripley, um, I think it's a good movie for its time. I think in the 90s as a blockbuster, it's good. But that's how I view it, a blockbuster. I don't view it like you know, a, a a cinematic masterpiece. I don't feel it. It's like a, um, you know, it it doesn't resonate with me as much as the original did. So it's not a bad movie by any means, but to me, it's just a movie. It really is just a movie, just a blockbuster. That is the best way I can say it's entertaining. It's got good people. It's got good actors. It's got some nice editing, great music in it, but didn't win me over as much as Purple Noon did. And I think with that, now we can get into the nitty gritty. I think now we can get into the comparison. Um, Yeah. So in my opinion, would I recommend both? Absolutely. Do I recommend one more than the other? Yes. If you were going to watch any one of these, I highly recommend Purple Noon. And Savannah, what do you, do you agree? Do you disagree? Oh, I, I completely agree. Um, so I'll get into a little spoiler. Um, the talented Mr. Ripley, takes more of a psychotic look at Tom Ripley, where um, Purple Noon is more of the con man, smart, cunning version. Yes. Um, and the reason I personally didn't like uh, that, the you know, the psychotic one, I do feel like it takes away a lot of the mystery and the smartness of Tom Ripley that Elaine Delon had. What do you think? You know, and I felt like I, I totally agree. And one of the things I had wrote down, because I wrote down on a big old list of things, how I felt for either film. I felt like the talented Mr. Ripley, it Purple Noon, the friendship from the get-go feels real. That was the one thing I think really hinders talented Mr. Ripley. Yeah, was it that felt we like knew it was the talented fake. Mr. Ripley. Yeah. yeah and and, and Purple- it felt like no, you're good. You're. I want to hear what you got to say. Tell me, tell me, tell me. No, I'm sorry. I, I'm <laughs> sorry. I feel like I feel so bad. I'm like cutting you off. No, um, you're good. I was We're just so say, hyped. Yeah, we love this movie. Like, Purple is <laughs> our favorite. But I was just gonna say, in the talented Mr. Ripley, I it it definitely took more of a in depth look at their friendship. But the friendship, like, how do I say this? Tom Ripley felt like a bother. Like he was a like like a, like he says in the movie yep. a leech, and you can feel that you can feel the uncomfortableness, the the fakeness. I, I don't know. It just didn't. It took away a lot of what the first movie had, which was like a real sort of friendship. Yeah, but and you don't. They, yeah, the relationship oh. between 
uh, Tom Ripley and Philip. So in Purple Noon, he's known as Philip, uh, the character. But Jude Law plays the same character, but in The Talented Mr. Ripley, the character's name is Dickie. So Philip, I feel, in Purple Noon was more of a bad guy. You know, like, when things started to hit the fan, you rooted for Elaine Delone. Where with Matt Damon, you didn't. You didn't because it felt wrong from the get-go. I I couldn't agree more. I felt, and that's why I love the one positive. I mean, I have a few positives about the talented Mr. Ripley, but my favorite thing was Jude Law because I felt like that is sort of the character that should have been portrayed. Not only was the Philip Greenleaf, uh, purple noon, well, he looked 39, but like <laughs> you didn't like him. And I'm not yeah. saying that, uh, Dickie in talented Mr. Ripley was better, but like he was portrayed as a young kid that was just spending daddy's money. And you could kind of like, okay, like he's not a terrible person on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I'll get into a spoiler here. Also, the one thing I like that kind of showed the darker side of his character in Talton, Mr. Ripley, they show the scene where the Italian woman drowns herself, where in Purple Noon, they just talk about it. Um, and I personally yes. like that scene because it did put in the fact that, okay, he's not a great person. Um, and also, yeah, you, you so you're kind of like, eh, well, maybe we won't root for him. But I don't think it's as, I don't think it's enough where Purple Noon had it. What do you think? I completely agree. I don't think this, and I'm not saying by any means that Matt Damon, Jude Law, and, um, oh man, what's her name? Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow are not good actors. I am not saying that at all. I just feel like the portrayal that they had of these characters, like I will admit, I didn't even like Marge in Talented Mr. Ripley. I liked her role more in Purple Noon than in Talented Mr. Ripley. And I think one of the things too that, the actors were great in all in both films. Actors were great, but the writing and what they wrote for the characters in Talented Mr. Ripley, I felt was weak. And it was kind of all over the place, especially for Tom Ripley. You had yeah. this character who went from, you know, being a from the get-go, you know he's not good. You know he's a con, a, a con artist. You know this. And you just see this evil demise of like him trying to take care, like take advantage of a situation. And, but he doesn't know what he wants in the talented Mr. Ripley, but in purple noon, he does. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. You know, it took that. The best part about purple noon is it kept you guessing. And Elaine Delon was so likable and you felt like he was smart. There's um, scenes where he's like forging um, signature, but in the talented Mr. Ripley, it's more of a insecure, talented, um, passionate rage he had. Yeah, and I'm going to just dip into this for a second. I do believe, like, because there's always been, like, a um, question up in the air. I full-heartedly believe that the talented Mr. Ripley does have some gay themes to it. Oh. And that is, it's it's... It's obvious. It's not said, but in my opinion, it's it's definitely obvious. And but Purple Noon doesn't have that. Purple Noon doesn't have an ounce of that. And so I, have, I think, yeah, I have something to say about that because I okay, think go, go, go. Patricia Highsmith did come out and later say that there was sort of this gay tension between them. Um, the only thing 
I would say about Talented Mr. Ripley, I, I'm happy they kind of went in that direction because that is what the... It's true That's to the, the novel, but I think they did it to where it's almost distracting, and the scene on the boat is a passionate rage, but that yeah. that whole passion aspect, that whole like uh, tension between them, it takes away from the con man. So I feel like you have to, they chose that over the con man, which I would, I really, really wish they didn't. And I think like there, there could have been a way, like if I, I really felt like if they wanted to explore maybe Tom Ripley being gay and the talented Mr. Ripley, if they did that, it would only make sense in my eyes if Philip or Dickie was a prideful gay man that maybe he was jealous of that, you know, in that sense, or there could have been more, instead of it being a con, it could have been more of a jealousy thing, like jealous of his, not only wealth, but his confidence, the fact that he can get, have anyone and anything. And I feel like, and especially with the Peter character and the talented Mr. Ripley, that's when too, like at first you were like, is, is there a little, is, is, is Ripley gay? Like with him and <laughs> Dickie? But it really solidifies, I think, in Peter. And now this is where we're going to get spoilers. Now we're going to talk about, so if you don't want to hear any more spoilers, clock out, watch the films, and come back and join us. Okay? Yeah. So, Savannah, so what? how do we feel about Peter? I have thoughts about Peter. And my thought <laughs> is I didn't like the character Peter. I thought he was extremely unnecessary. It just, it really, like at the end, I was like, dude, make up your mind. Like it, it doesn't seem like someone would go that far for not knowing what they wanted. It was just, you know, I'm going to be honest. There are a lot of scenes in that movie that are just borderline weird. And I feel like they use, and I'm going to go back to the whole, you know, the gay thing. I feel like they use Tom Ripley's sexuality as sort of part of his, like him being psychotic. Because if you notice, there's a you lot know? of scenes where he's, like, sniffing Philip or Dickie's jacket and the train. Like, it was just, like, they were made to make you uncomfortable. Portrayal. Exactly. And that's sort of a negative part about that movie. The good things I will say about Talented Mr. Ripley was I really I'm a jazz fan, so I really enjoyed the themes of jazz that they added in a lot of Chet Baker and Chet Baker is one of my favorite jazz musicians. So that just appeals to me. I really like that addition. Jude Law was fantastic. Jude I think Law's he made a better fill up. He yes. really is. He sold that that character he was playing. He sold it better than Maurice in Purple Noon. I will give Talented Mr. Ripley that. Uh, Jude Law absolutely killed it. But when it comes to our central character, Tom Ripley, I totally think Elaine Delon nailed it more oh, than Matt. Oh, no, Elaine Delon. But Elaine Delon, how do I put this? What's the saying? Men want to be him. Women want him. That's not the saying. But yeah. um, you know what I mean? Like, no, he has that. It, that matches. Yeah. It, it's He has that persona of, like, he's he's the good guy he's the sort of anti-hero where tom where matt damon's tom ripley even though i think he did a great job for what he was given Mm -hmm. it didn't quite make the mark which also i do want to say something i because you know me i always go on imdb and i'm always looking up facts while watching a movie so i pause talented mr ripley and i'm looking up facts how the hell did it say that matt damon lost 30 pounds to play ripley 
And this is 90s Matt Damon. So I was like, what? How? I don't know. I don't think it was his first film either, right? No, I, he had done, because what? Uh, Talented oh, Will Hunting. Perfect. He was yeah. in Good Will Hunting before that. Yeah, I don't know what that was about. Maybe he gained a lot of weight. That's <laughs> like, just a factoid that, like, I was like, what? Like, that that completely blew my mind. But also, uh, another thing I do appreciate of the talented Mr. Ripley was that both Jude Law and Matt Damon actually learned how to play those instruments for that movie. I and saw I that. Really, I appreciate things like that. So that was, like, a little sweet morsel for the movie for me. Um, the bath scene. <laughs> oh. That's just the thing I read. Can we talk about the bath scene and the Dude, talented Mr. Ripley? it was, um... It was gay. I mean, we could say it. It, it was, was gay. Uncomfortable. It was but uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable because not... it felt like a predator and prey situation, not like a romantic scene. It literally felt like it wasn't Matt a romantic Damon scene. Was it wasn't. It felt like it, it didn't feel like Matt Damon was lusting for Jude Law in the movie. It felt like it was a hunger, and that was. I mean, that's good to unsettle. Like I, I enjoy how uns- unsettling it was, but it didn't fit for that movie, in my opinion. No, and then, you know, the boat scene, the famous boat scene in both movies is kind of where, spoiler, uh, Dickie slash Philip gets killed. Yes. And the one thing I didn't like about Mr. T- like the talented Mr. Ripley, I like how it starts. I kind of do like that Dickie did tell him, like, hey, like, we, I, I'm done with you. You're too much. Because mm-hmm. I think at some point that needed to be, like, confronted. But yeah. Matt Damon goes on this rant about how they're supposed to be together and how are you going to marry a girl where he's talking about Marge three months and just, he goes on this crazy rant and then eventually kills him. And I didn't like that because you know, it's coming. Like they made it very obvious in that scene that like one person's going to get off this boat. Um, where in purple noon, it was, they had the element of surprise almost. Yeah, because you weren't expecting. You thought, because in Purple Noon, what happens is uh, Elaine DeLone's, uh as Tom Ripley, he gets stranded. So because uh, the character Philip wants to sleep with his girlfriend, because all three of them are on a tiny boat. And so what he does is he pushes Elaine DeLone onto a dinghy and sets him out to sea. Now, he was supposed to be dragging him, but the rope gets cut. And so he's just abandoned out to sea for, I don't know, God knows how long. And... I liked that as the push because in that situation, it was, it was, you had Elaine alone on this boat for God knows how long, like almost like brewing his anger and what he was going to do. He had time to think it was, he had time to plan. It seemed like a more concise decision when he did do it. It, even though it was a surprise to us, it didn't feel like a surprise to him. And I liked that element. And I thought it was a bigger push then Jude Law telling Matt Damon, like, oh, you're boring, you're boring, and stuff. I thought Purple Noon had a better push, like a better breaking point yeah. for Tom. And I feel like, you know, Purple Noon was smart. You know, it, it's so smooth. Yes. The Landalon was so smooth. They're playing chess. And I think they even joke about, like, Philip brings up the point where, like, oh, like, you're going to kill me. Like, they're, they're joking about it. And, you know, he's very smooth, and all of a sudden it's a relaxed thing, and then bam! He, like, yeah. hits him off the boat. So it, it's such an intense scene, and I feel like 
if and the way that scene was shot was yeah. amazing like they're all on a real boat there's no cgi back then so they are on this boat they are filming they are rocking back and forth and they're still doing all of this you know uh, there's no one else you, you you know sailing that ship except the lane delon and the actor on there and it feels so real and you can see how difficult it is whereas with mr R- talented mr ripley it was just like oh crap this happened so now i'm just stuck on a little dinghy with my Wait a dead lover we have to talk about how the talent the talented mr ripley made tom ripley a serial killer he did whereas purple noon it was it wasn't a serial killer it was it felt more of a revenge I think in per and I, I feel like revenge is not a good word. How would you explain the the difference between the killings in Purple Noon and Talk to um, Mr. Ripley? In Purple Noon it felt like a necessity. It felt like in order to achieve what he was doing, which was being a con man, conning everybody, sort of mm-hmm. stealing somebody's life, he had to k- murder. But in yeah. the uh, talented Mr. Ripley, it felt like the character didn't know what to do and would freak out and kill. Yeah, like he it, he felt Matt Damon was pretty spastic. Like let's <laughs> it, he wasn't as cool, calm and collected as Elaine Delon was, and I think that was what was needed. Now, that's not how it might not be in the book, but I feel like for the movie and for as just these two movies alone, I felt like Purple Noon just works better plot-wise. It's and hilarious though. Characters. It's hilarious though because you know, Elaine Delon will be, well, he'll kill somebody. And we're like, yes, do it. You have to. It's it's good. And then Tom Ripley in The Talented Mr. Ripley will kill someone. And we're like, <laughs> We're like, what the hell are you doing to Peter? Peter has nothing <laughs> to do with this. Yeah. So it's like, it's very, I feel like the audience also shifts as the differences. You kind of shift in your position with the movie, which I also think is interesting. And I think that's why you should watch both. Yes, absolutely. Like I totally still at the end of all of this, even though uh, we're not bashing, but you know, we're ranking Purple Noon higher than uh, Talented Mr. Ripley. I highly recommend viewing both and definitely coming back and seeing what we have. And then also on either YouTube or on like, we love talking about movies. So if you've seen both of these, and if you have your opinions, if you think that we're wrong, tell us why yeah like, i'm so into hearing like opinions and stuff like that and how people feel about movies um and also for so i feel like with the killings purple noon did it better and i think one of the things that the talented mr ripley misses out on was the fact that he was a con artist from the get-go like it, it was a higher level uh, Tom Ripley yeah. and talented yes. Mr. Ripley was a higher level, already skilled, already knew impersonations and everything. Meanwhile, we see that transformation with Elaine Delon. You don't get to see that transformation. And I feel like if we had that transformation, it would, I think it would have just been a lot better. Like when Elaine Delon is in the hotel room and he's tracing over the signature over and over again, like there's like a sense of like, wow. Like there's like a sense of like, right. holy crap, he did it. Yeah, and there's also a sense of respect for the character that I feel like we don't have with Matt Damon. Matt Damon's sloppy. Matt, <laughs> he's we <were> sloppy. <laughs> he's neurotic. The character is neurotic. Um, but I did want to move on to another character. How how do we feel about Marge? I didn't care for Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, <laughs> not because she's a bad actress in that movie, um, but just because she became a nuance. Like, in my opinion... 
if someone is going to kill and take over that lifestyle, like in Purple Noon, it makes sense. Then not only does he want uh, the lifestyle of Philip slash Dickie, it would make sense to me that he wants his girl too. And that's where I think also Purple Noon exceeds more because the role of Marge, I feel, enhances Purple Noon but hinders the talented Mr. Ripley. I completely agree. And I also, I felt like Marge in the first film was sweet. Not, well, you know, not like, but more innocent per se. Like, and she was kind of desperate for to find out what happened to Philip. Where like, they kind of made Gwyneth Paltrow more like, naive, maybe the word is. And just, like you said, like she's just there in the movie. I know exactly who she reminds me. She felt like a knockoff Blanche Dubois from Streetcar Named Desire, or at least that's how I feel like they were intending to make her. Yeah. This really weird damsel in distress that I think didn't work. I think it works in Purple Noon, where she is a character who is is naive, but plays a role in the story. Because after, you know, it's like after Tom Ripley and Talented Mr. Ripley kills Dickie, what's next? There's no what's next. It's just covering up the tracks. Whereas Purple Noon, it's now I get the girl. Yeah, It feels like, yes. like a stepping stone in the story uh, that marges rather than a hindrance to the story. I also did like the little like manipulative romance. I know that's bad to say, but yeah. it did really fit with what you're saying that like that was his next move. Um, I, you know, this is going to be really nitpicky and maybe there's no validity to it. I just, I didn't like the way it's not Gwen Paltrow's fault per se. I didn't like her lines. I didn't like her dialogue in the movie. No, I, I didn't care for it either. I felt like, and even some parts of it, I felt like it was somehow for even a newer movie, it felt a lot cheesier. It felt like an older cheesy movie yeah. for being it's a 90s film. Things like, oh, like when you, when Philip pays you attention, it's like having the sound of, like, okay, no, we don't need to do all that. Like, and even in, you know, she felt very modern in Purple Noon. And I felt like they did take that away from her a little bit in The Talented Mr. Ripley. Purple Noon, definitely, because despite being a 60s film or in a 60s setting, all the characters in Purple Noon seem timeless, and at some point in their character scheme, they seem relatable. Whereas Talented Mr. Ripley, it doesn't feel like that at all. It it feels like an adaptation of a book. It doesn't feel like a movie on its own. Yeah. And, and, you know who else? I I didn't care for Kate Blanchett and Talented Mr. Ripley. You threw in a curveball lady, and it's like, whoa, <laughs> your it, eyes are on the wrong prize, dude. It hurts you should be getting heart. with Marge. It hurts my heart because she's actually one of my favorite actresses, but she was definitely, like, I feel like they put her in there just to show, like, how crazy Matt Damon could be because she kind of starts off the movie, like, he lies to her. He's, like, the first person, um you know, that he lies to is her. No, no, no. And he I feel lies like that's the, father the purpose. First. Do you remember he lies oh, to the that's father right. That's first. right. So it that's started right. like within but the five still... minutes. So I don't know. Then never mind. I was trying to justify her purpose, but yeah, I don't, there was nothing, <laughs> there was no, nothing I mean, for her to, and I love her. I'm so sad, but like, I didn't just find an a additional for her ball. either. Like her and Peter were curveballs, but meanwhile they already had Freddie. Freddie was a nice. But here's the ball. thing: I don't, I don't know what's in the book, so I don't know if those two characters were actually in the book or mm-hmm. not. Because I, I understand. I don't know, I don't know like, either. but it still didn't feel 
necessary to the central plot. Even if it's in the book, it felt like that character, I don't remember her name and Peter were separate to whatever was going on. It didn't feel like the same movie, if that makes sense. It, it really, it didn't. And I felt like also, that is why both movies are the same length, but talented Mr. Ripley feels a lot longer than Purple Moon. It does. It feels a lot longer. And and like I said, like, Talented Mr. Ripley, it's a good blockbuster for its time. It's, it's very good on its own. It's got it, good qualities. Yes. It's very good on its own. But when you compare it to Purple Noon, when you compare it to what it could have been, even in the 90s, what it could have been for its time, and taking that adaptation, I think it would have been a lot better if they kind of stuck more to the plot line of Purple Noon. And if they wanted to deviate it, I think if they wanted to keep those you know, gay elements to it, I think it would have had to been, like, they had, I, I, in my opinion, what would have worked if they wanted to keep that theme in there, that underlying theme, was if um, Philip or Dickie was a bisexual character. Yeah, I and feel like... And he was out there and proud and stuff like that, I think that's where Tom could have really been more jealous in yeah i feel like if they you know with the underlying you know homosexual themes i feel like if they changed it up and not made it one of his negative you know attributes i feel like that could have been better um but again they're two i would like to look at them as two separate movies based on one book mm -hmm. they're both really good um i did want to go back to something we said in the beginning stephanie you said patricia highsmith actually commented on the original you know like mm -hmm. you want to explain what was said yeah, so Patricia Highsmith said that she loved Elaine DeLone in the original version, but that she hated the editing, which to me, I didn't, it didn't make sense. Meanwhile, so they try to take that and they try to adapt that, her comment about the editing into Purple Newt, uh, into Talented Mr. Ripley. And I liked the editing, but it really didn't make a drastic difference to the actual story, in my it, opinion. It, it didn't it, enhance the film greatly. No, and I, I, I don't know, um, you know, I feel like with authors looking at like it I think that's hard too because when you have your work envisioned and then somebody else sort of makes it their own it's always hard um mm -hmm. I, and I get you know authors have their own opinion but I I really don't understand what she meant by the comment do you what do you think that meant because to me like yeah the she, movie she said that it wasn't like it wasn't concise editing I believe was like the exact word that she used it wasn't concise meanwhile wow. it, it just it didn't to me make any sense because i think the editing i mean if she wanted more of that time like a james bond style editing i could see that especially in the beginning and in the end and maybe during some murder scenes but if it had a different if purple noon had a different editing style i feel like it would have it could have possibly cheapened it i agree i definitely agree with that mm -hmm. is there anything okay so we already talked about you know plot-wise and stuff like that. Um, now, soundtrack. I want I love soundtracks. For those of you who don't know, I collect film soundtracks. I love soundtracks. Even though I really appreciate the jazz themes of The Talented Mr. Ripley, I felt like it was completely lacking in audio because, in my opinion, there was no original score. It didn't feel like there was one. It was just popularized Chet Baker and, of that time, jazz songs. Whereas Purple Noon, composed by Nino Rota, was just fantastic. I felt like 
the I felt like the audio and the talented Mr. Ripley came too much to be a a plot point rather than enhance the feel of the film. So I think that's where another Purple Noon takes that too, because I feel like the audio and the soundtrack of it definitely are enhance the film so much more than the talented Mr. Ripley. What are your thoughts? Did you notice that with the audio? Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I Like I said, I do. I mean, like I agree with you with the whole jazz theme. I do think that's really fun and it gives the movie sort of a unique theme. But Purple Noon, the score fits so well. I feel like when you have a character like Tom Ripley, when you have characters in the movie like that, that are so unique and different and they're doing, you know, all these things, you need to have music that sort of, what's the word? What's the word I'm looking for? Highlights the character. Um, yes. Makes you feel something for the movie, what's going on. And the talented Mr. Ripley, you know, the jazz themes made it really cool. It made you in with the times, but it didn't enhance the plot or the characters. So I, I mm-hmm. agree with you on that. I think you hit it right on the nose. Thank you. Thank you. So I think overall, Talented Mr. Ripley, where it exceeds is definitely Jude Law. Uh, I enjoyed its editing style, but it really didn't add much. Um, I thought, you know, overall directing was pretty good and the acting was good too. Um, But where it lacked was in comparison to Purple Noon, it really stepped back in terms of how good the plot was. And for me, Purple Noon, I just think is an overall classic. I think it's super underrated. I don't know many people who talk about Purple Noon, especially all the filming that they did out sea was just amazing. Yeah. And and, um, I think also the characters are well more written to, or or, or more, more, well, hold on. I got this. (laughs) Are better. There we go. Better than the characters are in Purple Noon are more realistic, well-written, and overall, I just like them a lot more than Talented Mr. Ripley, except for Dickie. Dickie would be the exception. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I did want to say, too, Elaine Delon, I I think Matt Damon's a great actor, but Elaine Delon does Mm -hmm. steal the show on this one, and he's going to be coming up a lot on this podcast because he's in a lot of Criterion's. So we're going to be talking about him a lot. And I think um, he's a fantastic actor. And hopefully, like, we get to talk about his different characters and, you know, why he he always steals the show, in my opinion. I think he's just really good. I, you know, it's one of those things. I think he's a good actor because I think he's really good in terms of the subtlety of things like whether it's in Purple Noon and Le Samurai or in Eclipse, I think he he really nails the realistic su- subtleties. He's of a very a man. relatable character. Yeah, and like everything that he plays, and he's I think he's very very realistic in every role right. that or almost every role that he's taken that I've seen of him in. For sure. So if you had to rate Talent to Mr. Ripley and Purple Noon on a scale of one to ten, ten being like interstellar (laughs) one being pixels with adam sandler (laughs) that's our that's our scale for this podcast guys (laughs) that's it pixels to interstellar (laughs) um how would you rate talented mr ripley um by okay so by itself i would say a 7.5 
It's definitely a good watch. It's a great... It's entertaining. It's a great movie night, like, with your friends. It's a great movie for that, and it has a lot of great details. It has a lot of really entertaining characters. Purple Noon is a 9.5. I'm not giving it a 10 solely because of the Philip character and the fact that he looks 40. Um, (laughs) But it's definitely Purple Noon is the winner on this one, clearly. I definitely agree. I think Talented Mr. Ripley is entertaining enjoyable to watch still despite our criticisms i think it's just we it feels like a lot of heavy criticism because we know what it could have been compared to purple noon Mm -hmm. but if i had to rate it i would probably give talented mr ripley a six and a half seven (laughs) six and a half i'm solid on six and a half now um six and a half i feel generous I (laughs) i would give purple noon though probably an eight i think Oh, okay. I feel like it can go higher. I feel a nine doesn't feel right, but an 8.75 feels just. So I would give it an 8.75. Yes, an 8.75 because I enjoy it. I really like it. It's something I would continually see over and over again. Like it's definitely like within the first time I've seen this, I've probably watched this movie at least three or four times since seeing it originally. Um but it, it's not right in my top 10, but it's definitely is like a movie I highly recommend to anyone. Um, I think it's, I, I just think Purple Noon is a classic. I think it's a classic. Not my top 10, but for Shirzy's a classic. All right. All right. Any weird comments you want to talk about? <laughs> Any weird things you want to mention about the talented Mr. Ripley? We I mean, mentioned I the feel, bathtub. Oh, yeah, that was... I mean, I mentioned the part where he was, like, sniffing him on the train. I didn't think that was... That, that was weird. That yeah. was weird. And, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman was just a little too over the top He was too me. involved in the movie. Like, I'm just going to say it. It's a little too much. Um... But yeah, and then also, like, another thing, too, I noticed was that the way the characters were introduced were so different. Like, they introduced Freddy within the first 10 minutes of the film. Meanwhile, yeah. it took, like, half an hour. But Freddy was a bigger re- part in The Talented Mr. Ripley, I felt like. That's true. So it did feel like they were kind of saving that buildup for Freddy. Because I think, you know, with Purple Noon, with Freddy, it was like, oh, yeah, he's just a guy that you didn't know was going to be involved in this. Meanwhile, in Talented Mr. Ripley, it was like they isolated him. You could see Matt Damon go, who is he? And, like, things changed. So I definitely think they meant to isolate him mm-hmm. as a important character. Uh, Kate Blanchett, uh, I can't. I, I was just, I was not her best work by any means. And not a, a well-written character for her at all. Oh, sweet Kate. I love her, but yeah, you're right. That wasn't her finest moment. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking and seeing if I have any more comments. Oh, one more thing. Let's talk about the police. <laughs> how dumb were the police and talented <laughs> Mr. Ripley, and how smart were they in Purple Moon? Dude, dude, the police were a joke in the remake. It was, they were like, cause I liked that added pressure, the police. Meanwhile, the police, like in Purple Noon, but in Talented Mr. Ripley, it was just like, oh, there are some more dudes I get to fool. And it it just, it felt, it's not realistic. It's not realistic. Yeah. Meanwhile, you have the inspector in Purple Noon waking up this dude at like 6 a.m., coming in and like just going, something ain't right and like scaring the the crap out of tom ripley and purple noon meanwhile in town to mr ripley you already have a little skittish you know matt damon 
and this dude is not getting anything right, and Matt Damon's still freaking out. And it just, it, it was, I didn't like how the police were portrayed in Town to Mr. Ripley. But they cracked it, the cake they didn't feel, in Purple Noon. They, yes, they do. They felt like a joke in Town to Mr. Ripley. It just felt like a, a, another plot point to boost Ripley's ego. Yes. Which could have been Patricia Highsmith's point, but for the movie, I just didn't care for it. Uh, I also have a fun fact. We can end with that. Mm. Okay, okay. Um, the uh, director... Anthony Mangello, I hope Mangello, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, um, for Talented Mr. Ripley. He actually wanted Tom Cruise to play Tom Ripley. Oh. He was his first uh, choice. Ooh. I don't know how I feel well, about that. I don't know. 90s Tom Cruise. How did he look? He would have looked even older than Matt Damon. Yeah, because he was in his 40s, I think, when that came yeah, out. I think late 30s, like mid to late well, remember, 30s. Remember, they're supposed I to be like 26, 25, like the latest. They're, they're supposed even, to be, be really young. Well, let's be real. Elaine DeLone don't look... I, I think it's just because they don't make men who look like that anymore. <laughs> so maybe that's why I can't distinguish if Elaine DeLone in that movie looks 18 or 32. He was like um, 23 or if he was really young in that movie. He was very young in that movie. He He was, yeah, younger than what the character was. Yeah. But, I mean, they don't look it sure as hell. You know, Maurice playing <laughs> Philip. The dad. God. Yeah, no. Nah. It, um, Marge was casted well. Like, she looked and young. I will say she for looked, both. Yeah. For both movies, I think Marge was casted well, but the character just wasn't as good as in, in, in The Talents of Mr. Ripley as Purple Moon. I don't uh, think that's anybody's fault. I just think what they were given. You know, yeah, no, I wouldn't blame Gwyneth Paltrow uh, on it for anything. Uh, Paltrow, 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 um, <laughs> Paltrow. But um, yeah, I think. Also, another little fun fact. So, Purple Noon, the French translation is, and I'm not French, so I'm gonna butcher this. Plain Soleil. Ooh. Which is, I think it's. Full it's sun. Yeah, it's sun. It's full sun. It's full sun. I thought it was purple noon just translated, but no, it's full sun. So where did so, do you know where purple noon came from? It I I'm thinking it had to be a part of like a sentence in it. But that could be something that we can look up and interesting. Cool. I think we should end our podcast with fun facts. I feel like that's this is fun. That's a good thing. A good I like thing. that. Yeah. Um, let's see. Pacing is so much better in purple noon. Like I told I already said before. Definitely, we just felt so wrong. I think that's it, though. I'm good. I went through my entire list, my nonsensical list for each of them, and I feel like I've I've hit everything I want to say. Anything else you want to say? <laughs> Honestly, Stephanie, the only thing I really wanted to drive home on this podcast was the fact that Philip looked 39. That is really all <laughs> I wanted to say. That's that is it. So I said everything. I'm I feel very satisfied. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, you've heard it from us. Both we recommend watching, but one is way better than the other. So go watch both. Tell us what you think and enjoy. So thank you guys so much for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Bye.